Foster here. Welcome to part three of the three-part interview I did with my dad, May 2013. Uh, actually, it was the day after um, he learned about the death of his friend, uh, Dallas Willard. And this was a recording we did for the uh, Masters of Spiritual Formation program at, at Spring Arbor University. In this uh, third and final section, I begin with the question of asking him where he sees the spiritual formation movement headed and some of his thoughts on that. And and it's a really interesting piece of, of, of where he goes with that. Also in this section, you know, he continues to tell more stories and um, maybe gets a little more uh, personal uh, than, than before in this one. Now, let me make one point of clarification or maybe fun thing that throughout this whole time. Uh, at, at one point in there, when um, the, he was asked by someone about his, uh, uh, him and Dallas were together, and you know how is Dallas so wise? And 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 then I jumped in and said, "You and you're not." Um, and then we all laughed, and we referenced that back a, a number of times. Um, I should say that since we did this interview, Dad loves to tell that story, and and he finds every opportunity to explain to people how he wasn't as. Uh, as, as wise as Dallas, but at any rate, if, if you run into him, you'll, <laughs> and the opportunity presents himself, I'm sure he'll tell you that story. It's, it's, it was a fun moment for him. Anyway, hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in for these, um, these three interviews. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Where do you see, I'm just going to keep going if that's okay. There's a question over here. <laughs> Where do you see spiritual formation as a movement? headed in the next 10, 20 years. And what would you say then to, I mean, I mean, I would think of you in this room as the real leaders. I mean, you know, pastoral roles in churches of formal or not really pastors, but you guys in your, in your little congregations and settings. Well, I don't know. The great danger, or a great danger, is for people to get the language without the life. And I mean, Nate said something really important to me when we were at a conference and everybody was quoting Dallas. I mean, you know, he said wonderful things that are quotable. But his question to me was, how come all these speakers love to quote Dallas but aren't interested in the life that he lived? That is, a life of humility and of no reputation and of generosity. It's a good question. You said it much better than I did. <laughs> I was kind of crass when I said <laughs> I don't know. So that is a great danger. That, and, and I'm worried about um, certified spiritual directors who have no giftings in spiritual direction. They're not trained, they're certified. That is, they've taken. It's just, and then 
people think they they go through, they've heard this stuff and they go, they go they think they've got they've gotten it when they haven't gotten it. See, what I wanted to say to Nate when he brought that question up about people, well, the the desert Abbas and Imas would have in their day, I think. When you see a problem of, for example, pride, you know, like, I want to be wanted, I want to be important, that they would have said, go into the desert and don't speak for 10 years, and then we'll see where you're at. We don't do that today, so. and I don't know, I mean, I don't Uh, 
this, this was a time when I was going through a really desert patch, and it, uh, Jeremiah was my favorite prophet. And that passage in Jeremiah 20, I think it is, when they threw him down the well, and it says, and Jeremiah sunk in the mire. I thought, boy, that, that was me. So I actually took two weeks, and I told Alice about this and a couple other people, that I was going to set a fleece. You know what I mean by that language? Uh, before God. And, and my concern was... Um, was, um, is the work of the ministry, and the real work of the ministry happening? Or am I just, you know? So the, the kind of fleece experience I set before God was that for two weeks, every day, I would have what two significant conversations with Two, two different individuals that I felt really, really was important. Uh, and I had to kind of just discern what was a significant conversation, but that was the idea. So I was going through this for two weeks, and it was quite an experience. I kept a journal the whole time. And, uh, well, that Sunday, there was a fellow there in the church that I had known from before, but he lived some distance away, and and uh, he, he waited until the service was over, and he said, I have a word from the Lord for you. Now, most people, I would get real nervous, nervous about yeah. this, but but with Bill, I, he is, had been a missionary in Ecuador, had worked with um, with uh, Betty and Elliot and so forth. I said, I got, you know, I've got appointments half the afternoon. I'm prepared to wait all day. So he said, wait, wait. Well, and I'm, of course, going through these appointments. About 4 o'clock we meet. And he said, his experience was, he said, um, I was leading a little worship service in our home and as we were waiting upon the Lord, so I can get this right, uh, I saw a man chasing away birds. And he said uh, to the group, I think that's a message for Dick. That's what he used to call me, a message for Dick. And I think it's in the Bible somewhere. And he looked it up, and sure enough, it's Genesis chapter 15, and just a quick summing of the story. So we read Genesis 15, and the story is how the Lord brings Abraham out and shows him the stars of the sky, says your descendants will be like that, and then gives him a vision of dark gloom. That's an interesting piece of this thing. And then he asks Abraham to build an altar. Abraham builds an altar. He asks him to lay out the sacrifices to cut him. Lay up. He lays out the sacrifice. And then in verse 10 or 11, it says, And the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, and Abraham, Abraham drove them away. 
that was the image of uh, his, he, you know, shoo, get away. And then, so quietly we read the whole chapter. Well, so I'm, I'm like this. Okay, what's the word from the Lord? Now, really, he could have said almost anything, and I would have believed, you know, taken it. But great wisdom, Bill says, I've given you all I was led to give. The Lord will make it clear to you when it's right. Well, I go home. I'm excited about this, actually. It was a very moving time. But I had no, it made no sense to me. And the image of Abram chasing away the birds, that was the dominant image in my mind. I shared with Carolyn, you know, what, what do you make of this? I don't know. And so I'm going through the whole week, and that's all I could think of. Why was Abraham chasing away the birds? I mean, I knew why, he, literally, why he was doing it, but why was he chasing away the birds? And I kept that just kept in my mind over and over. I never mentioned it to anybody. Long about Thursday, here comes Dallas. <laughs> and he says, he just kind of, you know, how's it going? How's this fleece thing you're doing? How's that going? Well, I tell him about Bill Cather's coming and what had happened in that passage. And he listens to that whole thing. And I just tell us, you know, the story. He knew the story. And he just, he does this. You know why Abraham was chasing away the birds, don't you? So I try to get real nonchalant. No. <laughs> and he says, well, because he believed in a living God. <clears throat> How does this show that he believed in a living God? And then Dallas gives a little teaching. You understand. God had told him to build the altar. He built the altar. God had told him to put up the sacrifices. He had put out the sacrifices. He says, God didn't tell him to light the altar. He was waiting. He was waiting for God. And in the story, the power of the Lord comes, consumes the altar, and there's the vision of dark dread. Oh, the birds were eating his he, sacrifice. Yeah, the birds were coming in. He was chasing them away, see. That's all he... He was waiting. I mean, you would normally think, well, like the sacrifice. No, God hadn't. That was his point. God hadn't told him to like the sacrifice. And that just spoke volumes into me about, you know, wanting to run ahead and like the sacrifice. <laughs> Whatever it is. And it was a great, I can't hardly explain to important that was for me. Uh, there's, a, there's a tiny little pamphlet that uh, Watch Mead once wrote, Ministry to the House or Ministry to the Lord. And learning that my ministry is to the Lord, not to the house, as he put it. Uh, anyway, that, that was just a story that I thought of. It's good. You know, it, it's kind of wrapped things up. 
Or what did you read up? Um, what I loved about this, and as we kind of looked through what we talked about here, um, so much of what you have appreciated or learned from Dallas was all relational. And was born out of the context of living ordinary life together. Um, and I just, I don't know, I find that helpful because we can do that even though we're not. I'm not. And you're growing in that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you can go backpedaling. <laughs> May your kingdom come. May your 
we enter courageously in the good and the strong name of Jesus Christ, our ever-living Savior, Teacher, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We are able to bring you this podcast in part because of your donations. Consider becoming a donor. Visit our website at www.renovare.org and click the donate link. Thanks.